Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to this special Thursday night edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight, we're talking about a little boxing, and who better to do it with than someone who has had the best seat in the house for many great fights over the past 20 years. From the city of Brooklyn, please welcome boxing referee great Mr. Tony Weeks to the Talk to Q Radio Show. Tony, how's it going? All right, how you doing, Q? I'm doing well. Great to have you this evening. I truly appreciate you taking the time, so we'll get right to it. Um, when did your love for boxing start? I guess that's my first question. Oh, wow. You know, I can remember as far back, um, uh, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, um, uh, first uh, eight years of my life, grew up in the Albany Project, and I remember... Um, uh, going over to my neighbor's house uh, and my father and all the guys were huddled around this little radio mm-hmm. and uh, it was the first listing uh, clay fight that they were listening to and uh, I was fascinated. I'm like, you know, because you hear this, you're not seeing a picture, but you're hearing this blow by blow commentating and I was just hooked and um, and then actually um, um, that seat was planted to me then later on uh, when uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, of course, changed his name, and he, when he came back into boxing, that's when I really, really got hooked on to it, and I've been hooked ever since. Okay. Now, you know, we mentioned you're from Brooklyn, but you found yourself at some point um, in Arizona, all right? And yes. you actually got your start as a referee um, as as a prison guard. I mean, can you explain how, how that happened? Well, actually, um, uh, I, I, at the time, I was an athletic director uh, in the federal prison system in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and um, I had to put on a, uh, a boxing exhibition um, uh, and brought some fighters up uh, to the uh, institution to, to put on the show for the guys. And um, we set the ring up there in the yard, and the, the guys, they got up there and they started sparring, and then, and it just it just dawned on me that wow I forgot to get a referee and and I don't know what came over me uh, but I just asked uh, one of the trainers hey you mind if I get up there and referee the fight he says no go ahead and I got up there and I tell you I, I, I instantly fell in love with it um, and uh, I'll make a long story short the uh, trainer his name was uh, Peso Martinez he passed away uh, some years ago um, at the end of the show he asked me if I ever done that before I said no he says well, I think you should look into it. You get you got good natural movement. So he saw something in me that I didn't know I had, and the rest is history from there. Okay. All right. You never had a desire to be a fighter, or yeah, I was always uh, um, I, I was I started out in, in, in studying martial arts at the time, uh, mm-hmm. but I never really had a desire to be uh, 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 to compete um, in in boxing or, or martial arts. I just I just love the game. Okay, so let's fast forward to today. You have a ton of bouts under your belt. 
You've officiated some of the biggest names in boxing, and boxing fans all over the world recognize you and how good you are at your craft. But for those who may not be avid boxing fans, I want to ask some questions about like your ring responsibilities. What are some of the responsibilities as a referee before the fight starts? You know, sometimes we see you in the locker rooms. Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, when you see the scene in the locker room, what it is is that we're going in and we're giving that initial uh, uh, that uh, initial instructions. And mm-hmm. when we get the instructions in the dressing room, we we go go over everything from A to Z, uh, and, uh, and and that's the time for the fighters or the uh, or the trainers or the manager, whoever you know, if they have any complaints or concerns about the opponent, you know, that's all that's addressed uh, in the dressing room. <clears throat> so uh, uh, once that is done, uh, you know, our, our job is pretty much done in terms of. Uh, um, uh, it was the fight itself until it happens. And then okay. when we get in the ring, we we get the final set of instructions. Okay. All right. And as far as the fight itself, before the fight starts, you tell the fighters to protect themselves at all times. But what about exactly. your protection? You know, because I, I once saw a fight where a referee got knocked out. So, I mean, what mm-hmm. do you do to stay out of harm's way, especially when it comes to officiating heavyweights like you did last weekend mm-hmm. with Vladimir mm-hmm. Klitschko and Tyson Fury. <laughs> well, you know, you have to understand it, it's a fight, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, emotions are high, feelings are high, and, and guys are going to be swinging. Uh, you know, um, safe. You know, safe. Our personal safety comes with our experience in the ring, and knowing and kind of gauging when to come in and when not to come in, and how to come in. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and but this is not to say that uh, we're not going to get hit. I mean, I've been hit a few times uh, in, in the ring. Um, uh, luckily, uh, you know, it's, it's not too often. But yeah, you know, you 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 have to be safe in that ring because yeah, you have two powerful athletes in there uh, and throwing powerful blows, and uh, you don't want to get hit with none of that. Definitely not. And, um, okay, got a few callers on the phone. I'll get to them in just a moment. Uh, now, you've gained respect because of your name and your track record. But at one time when you first started off, of course, you were brand new to refereeing back in the mid-'90s. Was it ever difficult mm-hmm. to get fighters to listen to you when you first started out as far as, you know, getting them to follow your instructions? N- not really. Uh, I think when a fighters uh, notice when you're confident or not, um, and I've always been confident in my abilities and, and my knowledge of the rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And that's going and going back to what I was saying before about the instructor in the dressing room. The fighters and the trainers they're analyzing you as well, especially if they don't know you, uh, to see what they can do, what they can get away with, so forth and so on. Right. You know, right. you have to be uh, you have to be strong mentally and uh, to deal with the situation. So. Um, uh, I think your confidence level uh, comes out to where, uh, you know, a fighter uh, uh, can see that and feel that. And uh, so you know, as long as you, you're, you're stern and, and fair with, with your your, uh, your commands, you know, yeah, of course you're going to get some fighters that are going to be unruly at times. That's that's the nature of the business. But all in all, uh, as long as you have the confidence in, in your abilities, uh, that, that will shine through. Okay, okay. 
All right. Well, let me go to the phones to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and bring on Buck. Buck, how's it going? What up? up? How's everybody doing this evening? Glad to have Mr. Weeks on. It's it's an honor. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Go ahead with your question, Buck. What was the uh, most difficult fight that you had to referee? Well, that goes back uh, to my first big fight when I got hired on to Vegas, and that was the uh, rematch between Bernard Hopkins and Antoine Eccles. Um, I had never experienced that type of fight before. Well, everybody knows how how Bernard is. You know, he's he's a crafty guy, so he's gonna he's gonna really he's gonna really test you. And I was really tested that night. Um, it showed. Uh, it actually, it was a blessing in the skies for me because it not only showed me what I could do, but it showed uh, the boxing world that uh, when I'm put on a difficult situation, that I can I can handle it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, I think I'm trying to remember if I saw that fight. I can't recall. But I was yeah, around. it was uh, it was a knockout, dragout thing. Uh, 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 Bernard was doing some things in there. Echo picked up Bernard, threw him down, was hitting after the bell off. All kinds of things going on in there. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Let me go back to the phones to Buffalo, New York, the seven one six area code, and you probably recognize these two guys. I'll bring them on together. Together, Brian and Kevin Young. What's going on, fellas? Hey, uh, how what's you going doing? on? Good to talk to you, Mister Weeks. Good to hear from you how again. You? How you doing? All right. I'm doing great. I just want to beat Tony's translator there for a second. When he says Bernard Hopkins is a quote-unquote crafty guy, uh-huh. he means he likes to bend the rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> My words, not yours. You won't get in trouble, I promise you. <laughs> He's crafty. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, All right. Hey, Tony, Always. Quick question. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Weeks. Um, Always. It's my pleasure, too, Jan. Appreciate you. Uh, Quick question for you. I know you've, uh, especially lately, you've done a little bit of traveling for yourself. You've been, uh, obviously, in Germany, Vegas at home, Omaha, Nebraska, San Antonio. Early on, you're in, like, Japan, Korea, that sort of stuff. Where is the favorite place you've ever been to, to for refereeing? Wow, they 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 have all been great. Um, I would say the, the most beautiful place, uh, uh, Australia, uh, on the uh, island of Tasmania. It was a very very beautiful place. Very uh, uh, beautiful people, um, and uh, you know, like like I say, they're, 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 yeah, it's been it's a real blessing to be able to uh, uh, travel the world and uh, do what you love doing. Now that's a hell of a flight to Tasmania. There, what was that? About a twenty yes. twenty-four hour flight. It's a long one. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, that, I'd that, like to that, in. in South Africa. Oh wow. Okay, Brian, do you have a question? Yeah. Well, I don't actually have a question. I just want to comment. Uh, I want to say something to the, the whole radio world out there about what a great referee Tony Weeks is. A um, couple of years ago, there was a little controversy at the end of the uh, Angula uh, Alvarez fight. Mm-hmm. He yeah. stopped the fight in the 10th round without Angula getting knocked down. Mm-hmm. It was the absolute 
right decision. It was the correct decision. It was the best decision. And the fact you Thank never you. backed away from that. Oh, absolutely. And that's to be applauded because there's a lot of people who wouldn't have. And you had to know that you were going to get a lot of criticism for that. Oh, yeah. But it was the right decision to make, and you never backed down from that, and you defended it to the hilt, and I defended it to the hilt for that, too, with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's quality refereeing right there. That's why you're the best in the business. Thank you. Hey, I, I really, really appreciate you saying that. Uh, you know, general public really has no idea of the difficulty in our job. Um, and the decisions that we have to make, actually a split decision that you have to make and uh, you have to live with it. Um, it's, it's like I said before, you know, one of the top pro- uh, uh, priorities of a referee is safety of the fighters. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing goes above safety of the fighters. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I knew, you know, when I had stopped this fight, um, that, uh, you know, you're going to take some criticism for it, but, you know, that, that's okay because it's a double-edged sword. Or on the flip side of that, if I if I didn't stop it and Angulu was gotten hurt, I would been really criticized for not stopping it. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I understand the nature of the business. Uh, we, uh, we, as referees, can make the absolute correct call and someone's not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows how well you know that business because – I mean, Alvarez could have come out in the 12th round with a sledgehammer and started hitting Angul on it, and he wasn't going down. You right. knew that, and you saw the punishment right. he was taking. We yes. weren't taking those punches. We weren't that close to those punches. You knew, and the doctor knew, and it was absolutely, yes. and again, I'm, I have to applaud you for that because it was, it was great. Thank okay. you. And, and that I, is, I really appreciate it. That is something a lot Absolutely. of people don't consider. I mean, you're actually right there, and you can see it a lot better than what we can. A lot of people don't think about that. And uh, yeah, we go to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and bring on Ray. Ray, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Q? Young's brother's Buck, Tony Weeks, how you doing? All right, brother, how you doing? Pretty good. Um, I saw the fight Saturday. You know, I see pretty, it seemed like you done you did so many fights, it seemed like you almost in every big fight. But, I mean, um, I would just want to know if you ever get nervous during big fights. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, when I, when I first started, I was scared to death. <laughs> uh, you know, now, you know, that you gain experience, it, it's a more of an anxious feeling. You know, you, you, you like to fight, yeah. you're ready to get it on. And, uh, uh, so, you know, it, it's a strange mixture of being excited and uh, being anxious at the same time. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, like I said before, uh, being confident in yourself and being confident of the knowledge of the rules and regulations, uh, you know, that, that that helps a lot. And, of course, you know, being under the limelight so many times, you you, you know how to stay focused on uh, the event itself and, and not all the stuff that's going on around the event. Okay, and um, I want, I may have heard something wrong, but I know that during the uh the Mayweather fight, I believe they said they paid the ref twenty five thousand dollars. Is that so? I'm saying, say it again now. I say I believe during the the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, I believe the ref uh-huh. was paid like twenty five grand. I was wondering, yeah. being as you guys had such a difficult job, I mean, seemed like in a big fight. 
you guys should make a couple of million dollars because you hey. have an important job, you know. And, and, and I know I know you're not going to disagree with making more money, but I'm just wondering why do they, they, they do that? I mean, without the ref and without a good one, it can be some serious problems in there. And I'm not well, saying it in every fight you guys be paid a couple of million mm-hmm. dollars, but if the, mm-hmm. the purses are 30 or $40 million, the ref should at least take a couple of million dollars out of that deal. Hey, I, I couldn't agree with you even more. You know, uh, <laughs> you know what? We're on the serious side with all the responsibilities that we have, um, and and uh, the decision making that we have that could determine the outcome of a fight. It's a it's it's a lot to to be dealing with, and um, yeah, you have these huge purses that uh, fighters make, and uh, you know, as referees, you know. Um, you know, you you should be compensated for that. But, uh, you know, um, maybe that'll come later on. Who knows what? But uh, I'm just really blessed uh, to be a part of that, uh, part of a boxing, period. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for that question, Ray. And a few more questions from me, Tony. And, uh, I mean, I, I would personally have a hard time being a referee because I'm such a fan of the sport. And it takes a lot of discipline to do what you do. How do you focus on the action itself as far as what the fighters are doing, making sure they're both following the rules, without getting caught up in the beauty of a good fight? I mean, you know, once again, you know, that comes with experience and your training. Um, to, to be able to just focus on the fighters and what's going on uh, because they're – we're under that microscope, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of referees or all referees. No one wants to look bad under that microscope. So it's not really hard to stay focused on the fighters and the action that's happening in there and not uh, get caught up in uh, who's fighting or what a great fight or, or what have you. When I did the uh, uh, first fight with Corrales and, and uh, Jose Luis Castillo in 2000, Five. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows that fight. 2005 fight of the year, 2005 round of the year. Um, when that fight was happening, I had no idea of the magnitude of, of the fight. I knew it was a tough, hard fight because I was concentrating on what was going on, the back-and-forth action. I didn't really realize uh, how great that fight was until afterwards until I had a chance to sit down and relax and unwind and, and look at mm-hmm. the fight several times and, and hear all the comments and, and people wanted the interviews. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, for me, um, it doesn't really happen until uh, after the uh, fight is over with. Okay. All right. And so how long do you think you'll continue with this? I mean, um, You've been doing you've been doing it since what 1996 I think and will you yeah. look to stay in boxing maybe as a judge or maybe some other capacity once you decide to hang up your stripes as a referee? Well, actually, I've been doing it since since the, uh, 94 95. Um, okay, but as long as long as I still love it, as long as it's still fun, you know, as long as uh, I still have a passion for it. Once once it becomes a job, then you know. Hey, it, 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 you shouldn't really hang it around something like this because your know, your focus level has to be high at all times. You must bring your A game 
all the time, no matter uh, how big or how small the uh, fight is. So as long as I'm enjoying it, as long as I love it, as long as I have a passion for it, again, I'll, I'll do it until that goes away. Okay. Well, if, it, and, oh, if it goes away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and let let me get Brian and Kevin back on for a second for for this. And um, now I actually got to meet you at the Boxing Hall of Fame. And okay. The the Boxing Hall of Fame is a wonderful experience. Um, it gives yeah. you access to some of the greatest boxing contributors in the world. Uh, what is it like for you to experience the Boxing Hall of Fame ceremonies? Wow, I'm. I mean, it was like it's the first time I stepped on the grounds. It's like stepping on sacred ground. All the uh, the history, all the tremendous champions and, and, and people involved in boxing, who are immortalized uh, in the Boxing Hall of Fame, is just an incredible feeling. Uh, because being a part of this, uh, you know and you understand the importance uh, that all these. Uh, uh, all the roles that these people played uh, in boxing, and uh, uh, you know, I get chills every time. It does, it, it never grows old. I'm, I'm, it's, it's an annual thing for me and my family now. We, uh, usually, me and my cousin Reggie will will go up uh, to the Hall of Fame and uh, every year and, and just enjoy the festivities, enjoy the fans. Uh, it's just is it's very unique because uh, uh, it gives uh, the fans you know, a uh, chance to be up and close and personal uh, with uh, all these different uh, boxing personalities. Okay. And Kevin and Brian, I know you all could speak on that as well because you've been there like a thousand years in a row yourselves. Yeah, this uh, 21 years in a row um, we've been going. And like I say to people uh, every time we're on the show that, it's not like any other Hall of Fame experience. I mean, it is so interactive and so interpersonal. Um, yes. And you get to talk to people like Mr. Weeks. You get to talk to all these legendary fighters. You, and everybody's so approachable and so genuine and so happy to be there. And it just, it just makes for a great weekend all around. I know Tony has to hang out with the two big, ugly Irish white guys from Buffalo every year. So. <laughs> Uh, yo, my buddies, man. Yo, come on now. <laughs> so, um, I have a question going back to um, uh, the last conversation about the concentration it takes when you're in the ring. Mm-hmm. As a fan of boxing, when you're either at home watching a fight or at a card watching a fight that you're not refereeing, do you find yourself now more focused on the action of the fighters or of the referee himself? Oh yes, all the time. I'm 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 focused on all of it. The fighters and the referees, what's going on in the ring. You I'll find myself saying, Okay, stop that fight or get ready to stop the fight or whatever the situation is going in there. Well once you once you become a part of the game, you you, you, you remain a part of the game. Um and uh uh you know, um so I don't look at a fight like I used to look at it when I was just a fan. So I'm always constantly critiquing, constantly uh, trying to take a little bit of here, a little bit from there, what to do, what not to do. Yeah, just uh, you're constantly trying to hone your craft. So, yeah, you're really focusing on those things. And when you're in the ring, um, 
I remember a conversation uh, me and Kevin had with uh, the late Arthur McCanny several years ago mm-hmm. um, about the uh, Roy Jones-David Telesco fight. And he had told mm-hmm. us, you know, in that fight, he had stopped them in the middle of the fight and yelled at both of them to, to knock it off. And mm-hmm. we asked him what it was about, and he told us. And what it was was they were trash-talking each other. They were using some language that we could use on this show, but we won't. And, right. um you know, he stopped it immediately and said, knock it off, that's it. What mm-hmm. is your level of tolerance for that kind of trash talk between the fighters? What will you allow? Mm-hmm. What won't you allow? Mm-hmm. Well, it is in the uh, ABC rules that uh, you can't use any abusive language. That's number one. Uh, once you, once the fighters start using abusive language, then, you you, you know, you, you have to address it. And you have to address it for a number of reasons. And number one is, you know, keep control of the fight. It can get, mm-hmm. A fight can get out of control when, you know, someone says something derogatory to his opponent that's maybe really personal, and then you can have a really bad situation. Um, but fighters just saying things uh, like, uh, you can't hit me, or, or uh, you know, something that's not using any abusive language, you know, I, I usually uh, will let it go to a, cert- to a certain point. What about clowning? Well, that, like like I say, you know, it, it, each situation is different. It depends on what's what's going on and what's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Ali used to uh, Muhammad Ali used to clown in there, and it was a strategy of his uh, to offset his opponent. Um, and a lot of times, it's a strategy uh, for a lot of fighters, or or maybe to frustrate their opponent. Um, like I said, as long as there's nothing that's going to interfere with the fight or it's something that um, uh, uh, is, is really personal, you know, um, I, I'll let it go to a certain extent. Okay. Hey, uh, I have a quick question. We you know, if I can, just, uh, real quickly. To blend a couple of topics we were talking about earlier, safety of the fighter and, of course, uh, Corrales-Castillo fight. Like, what are you you're talking about? What a great fight. I believe uh, Chico Krause was down twice in the round, and then he knocked Castillo out in the round. Do you look at each fighter differently um, to, to, to decide when too much is enough abuse? Is there one specific thing you look for to say, okay, I have to stop it now, or is it dependent on the fighter? Well, you know, well, depending on the fight, depending on the situation. Uh, it's more so dependent on the situation uh, uh, because uh, – you know, when you have uh, uh, one fighter taking too much punishment, uh, then you start to get concerned, or especially if they have a cut or the, their their eyes are closing or whatever whatever the situation is. Um, you know, you get concerned about the fighter, and then um, ultimately if, um, if they're no longer able to defend themselves effectively, and effectively uh, punch back, you know, then you, like I say, nothing goes above safety. You know, you have to uh, pull the plug on on those type of situations. Okay. Thank you. All right, that's a good question. Okay, uh, Ray Buck, anything else before I shut this, uh, shut um, everything down and let Mr. Wait, Wait get off? Yeah, what was the easiest? fight that you ever had to referee? <laughs> you know, really, uh, there's no easy fight for me. Um, 
when you're going through a fight in real action, yeah, even though you know you can have a fight where nothing's happened and 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 after you look back out, that that was an easy fight. But when you're going through it in real time, you, as a referee, you're on pins and needles uh, throughout that whole fight, uh, um, um, not anticipating something happening, but uh, ready to react if something does happen in there. Uh, for me, I, I, you know, uh, I can uh, look back at a fight after it happens and say it was the easy fight. But in general, they're all tough fights. Some are just tougher than others. Makes sense. All right. Ray, do you have anything else? Uh, no, not really. It was just that, you know, I know it's, it, it's got to be great because, you know, we look at all these fights on TV and, you know, we – one, I'm quite sure you got a lot of gloves, a lot of autographs, a lot of stars you've been in the ring with, a lot of stars come to the fights, and everybody knows who the great and the famous referees are, you know, so it, it, it's just a great thing. I know you might be in with, with a fighter, and it's like, you know, you ever hear somebody get hit real hard? Do you ever pause and say, damn yourself before you weigh your hands? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I like to say uh, I, I'm just trained to, to react uh, as a referee, you know, come in and stopping it or whatever you have to do, you know. But um, it's, uh, it, it, it's a real, it's a real, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned before having the best seat in the house. And it is the best seat, but it's a hot seat. And, uh, but 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 it's it's a beautiful thing because you know I I have a passion for the game, I have a love for the game, and that's something that you you must have if you're going to be an official. You can't, in my opinion, you can't really do it for the money or, or for the fame. Uh, you you really have to have a passion for for the game itself and a real concern for the fighters because. Yeah, ultimately those guys they lay their lives on the line, and 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 their reputations on the line, and, and their livelihood on the line. Uh, and so you know when you when as a referee, uh, no matter how big or how small the fight is, you must you must come with your A game. And also, uh, uh, you mentioned about you know uh, uh, being famous and, and and people acknowledging you and and want to take pictures when people. For me, when people acknowledge me on the street or at a boxing event and want to autograph or want to take pictures, to me, it's it's not saying so much that uh, they see me on TV, but they appreciate the work that I do it. And I, I really appreciate uh, a lot of the fans out there be, because, uh, you know, like I said before, we get a lot of criticism um, in some of the things that we do and some of the calls that we make, and it's very, very difficult in there to uh, make a spontaneous call and 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 hope that it's the right call. So I, you know, I appreciate fans in general, and uh, as a referee, you know, I will always uh, do my best. Okay. All right, fellas. Well, I appreciate you all with the questions, and um, Tony. I mean, I just want to add that you're you're definitely the epitome of professionalism. Um, Thank you. Uh, and and meeting you this past summer was a great experience. Um, it was almost like you looked at me like a long lost friend. You're just very inviting <laughs> and welcoming guy, and I think that's why so many people really appreciate and respect you and what you do in and outside of the ring. So um, 
I definitely want to thank, thank you. you for taking the time to join tonight's show. And uh, I would definitely love to do it again someday, maybe once a year, be able to catch up with you after the, the Hall of Fame. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on. And uh, it was definitely a pleasure meeting you um, and uh, conversing with you at the Hall of Fame. And definitely look forward to doing it again and seeing you again at the Hall of Fame. I'll definitely be there. The, the Young Brothers have me hooked now, so I'm a regular. All right. <laughs> that's great. So, All right. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Talk to Q radio show. My thanks to Mr. Tony Weeks for joining the show tonight. Remember that the show airs live every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. If you missed the live show, then you can still hear the replays on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or the Good Radio Network. When all else fails, you can find the show in the archives at TalkToQ.com. Everyone have a good night, enjoy your evening, and peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.